All right, good, again, it's good to have you here tonight. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 23 once again. Psalm 23, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the, all six verses of Psalm 23. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In verse 1, we saw when we began this series on this psalm, uh, we saw that the great shepherd is personal to his sheep. There's a loving relationship and ownership by the shepherd. And then in verse 1 and 2, uh, we saw that, uh, that the great shepherd provides for his sheep. His sheep are satisfied and they are content. And then in verse 3, we saw that uh, the great shepherd is pitiful to his sheep. And he shows in this verse, he shows his great compassion and his mercy to them. Because the shepherd is pitiful to his sheep, we learn that there is restoration. He restoreth my soul. And uh, it is God's way of bringing his sheep back to where they belong, back into the fold. We learned about the sheep that are cast down. You recall? Sometimes sheep get cast down. That's the term they use for when a sheep falls on its back and it cannot get up by itself. And that's called cast down. But the shepherd comes along and lifts them up, and he restores them. And because the shepherd is pitiful to his sheep, he leads in right paths. It says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. He gives us direction in the right paths to follow, uh, because he will never ever lead us except where he himself has been. Now last week, Brother Bill came up, and he mentioned something to me that uh, I hadn't thought about before. And there's some... Uh, he said that he has heard that there are some who have taken that verse and that phrase, paths of righteousness, and uh, uh, they say, well, you see, the Bible says there are different ways of righteousness. There are, there, there, there are different means of getting to God. And certainly that's not true. That's not what this is talking about. It doesn't mean that there are many paths to God. You know, one person, and we've all met people like that, they say, well, you know, my way... Uh, is, is the right way or my way is the right way and there are different ways we all have our own religion but there's different ways of getting to God that's not true at all because that's not what this verse is talking about we dealt with that last week the right path he gives us the direction in which to go and the shepherd when he leads his sheep he takes them down the right path he chooses the one that is safe because the shepherd is pitiful to his sheep he upholds his reputation we saw that also. Uh, we, we see why he leads us. And that is because it says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And then the, ver- the end of verse 4 says, For his name's sake. Alright? For his name's sake. 
uh, excuse me, at the end of verse 3, for his name's sake. And because of his name, and because of his righteousness, and because of his testimony, uh, that, that's why it is for his name's sake that he leads us. Okay? Now then, we now come to verse 4. And uh, here we're going to see that the great shepherd protects his sheep. And here we also see divine uh, protection. Divine protection. And you know, the, the, I've read that there is probably, uh, there probably is no verse in all the Bible that is as familiar as this one is. And uh, these have been, matter of fact, these have been the final words uttered by dying saints down through the ages. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hmm. Pardon me. So, as we, um, I I want us to notice, uh, first of all, that there is a change of perspective with this verse, okay? Up until now, the sheep has been talking and boasting about his shepherd. Notice verse 1, 2, and 3. He's talking about his shepherd. And he is telling us how wonderful he he is. But now as we look at verse 4, we see that instead of talking about his shepherd, the sheep talks directly to the shepherd. One author said this, quote, This is a shepherd who can identify with his sheep, and his sheep can talk to him. And, uh, of course, that's certainly true. By the way, when, when we pray, we talk to him, don't we? And when we read his word, he talks to us. So the first thing I want us to notice here in this verse, oops, let me go back here, is that there is a calm course that is taken. And uh, notice that the sh- what the sheep says. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It, it, it does not say, though I run through, or, or though I, wa- I, I uh, uh, walk around, but, but rather I walk through this valley. And I think this shows us here that there is a calmness that does not suggest fear. There's no fear in the sheep. There's no, you cannot detect any fear in his voice as he talks directly to the shepherd. So where he leads, I can walk in peace and calmness. And you know, the Lord does not deliver from the valleys, by the way, but through them, through them. And I, w- I would like you to um, also notice the word though. You see that word? Yea, though I walk through the valley. Guy King uh, was an English pastor, and he said, quote, It seems to suggest that the dark period is only a possibility, or perchance, okay, or maybe a probability, but by no means a certainty. The psalmist does not say when, as if it were bound to come, but though, as if it might. Okay? C.H. Spurgeon, British preacher, said of this verse, quote, that it has been a pillow, a dying pillow, 
to thousands of the saints of God. And they have laid their heads down on it, and they have passed into the glory with calmness and assurance and confidence. So, although this verse certainly can apply to the passing of the saint of God, many people don't realize that it's really not speaking about death. Okay? And this may surprise you, but death is not the subject of this verse, of verse 4. Actually, David, uh, he doesn't address death until we get to verse 6. Of course, we'll get there in a few weeks' time. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what is the valley of the shadow of death? It is literally the valley of deep darkness. Because the Hebrew word there for shadow of death, and the Hebrew word is salmawet, salmawet, which means, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it means darkness or dark shadows. And, and, you know, David, David could have said it like this, even when I must walk through the darkest valley. So the shepherd would lead, uh, one author said, the shepherd would lead his sheep up to the mountains to graze. And the way, up, the way up to the mountains was through narrow ravines or gorges uh, between mountains through which the sheep must pass to get to the top. And these were places of great danger where lions, bears, robbers were waiting to attack the sheep. So although David was uh, probably thinking of actual, uh, although he, he was probably thinking of uh, actual dangerous valleys uh, through which he led his sheep, valleys that could be places of death for his sheep, he probably wasn't thinking of death at all. He was thinking of the fearful experiences that he had gone through and how his shepherd had led him through those valleys of deep darkness. He was familiar with dark valleys himself, and he knew what it was like to walk through them. He had experienced several valleys during his life. I'll give you some examples. He was constantly on the run from King Saul. Do you remember that? Who was trying to kill him? Another dark valley he went through, the loss of his family at Ziklag. And you can read that in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Another valley was the loss of his son that Bathsheba bore. 2 Samuel, again, chapter 12. And another valley was the rebellion and the death of his son Absalom in 2 Samuel chapter 18. You know, at some point, folks, in our lives, Everyone goes through valleys of darkness. We all have gone through those, Brother Jerry. And I'm sure you know that life is filled with hills and valleys, right? Hills, hills, and valleys. And sometimes we will find ourselves in, in, in some dark valley of, of despair or disappointment or disease or discouragement. Life is not always a mountaintop experience. You know, there's some people, I've had people, some people say, Brother Diego, that, uh, oh, once you get saved, man, it's just a bed of roses. Everything, you're up on the mountaintop. Everything's up on the mountain. That's not true. That isn't true. There are also valleys to go through. They say that storms build sailors and trials build Christians and puts our faith to the test. 
One author said this, quote, when we are in good health, <clears throat> time seems to move all too quickly. But when life is difficult with physical pain and emotional suffering, it moves too slowly. Either way, we need a shepherd who stays with us until the end. I recall uh, a particular dark valley uh, that our family went through uh, back in November of 1995 when our son John went to be with the Lord. He was only 22 years old. 22, right? And, uh, you know, we, we were both saddened and comforted by his home going. And I want you to know that there were many, many deep, dark valleys that we had to pass through. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you've been through those valleys too. From personal experience, <clears throat> I can tell you that Jesus, our great shepherd, uh, he was there uh, to comfort and to calm us uh, by his presence and his word as, as we went through those valleys. His indwelling Holy Spirit was constant, a constant source of of strength. And you know, there, 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 there are going to be uh, some valleys for all of us. But it should cause us to rejoice uh, when we look back and recall God's faithfulness to bring us through those deep valleys of darkness that we've been through before. Now, I want you to notice also that, uh, notice in verse 2 what it says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the, what's the next word? What is it? Shadow. Shadow. It, the shadow of death. You see, the valley is not really the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. And although it is true that sometimes shadows bring fear into our hearts, shadows can't hurt us. Anybody here ever been attacked by a shadow? Anybody ever been hurt by a shadow? Huh? It was just terrifying, but it, it didn't hurt you. Yeah. One commentator said this, quote, The shadow of a dog won't bite you. The shadow of a lion can't attack you. The shadow of a sword can't cut you. And the shadow of death can't harm you. It's only a shadow. And that's what David says here. We miss this. It's only a shadow, all right? So, here's the next thing concerning His protection. We see not only the comfort, but we see the, the confidence of uh, the sheep. Alright? The confidence of the sheep. I will fear no evil. I believe it was President Franklin D. Roosevelt who said, We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Have you ever been fearful? Hmm? Everyone encounters this emotion. Everyone. It's, it's part of our human nature. Another author said this, quote, Even David, a man of great courage who killed a lion, he killed a bear, and he killed the giant Goliath. He had times when he was afraid. He learned that trust in God was the answer and also the solution to his fear. 
And you know what? He goes on to say, we too can learn this lesson. When we are afraid, trust in the Lord. Then, before any fear arises, put a steadfast trust in the Lord so that we will not even begin to fear. Trust in the one who said this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Remember, he will never leave you nor forsake you. I forget where I read this. But it was just a little saying. Someone, someone said this. It's anonymous. Someone said this. Fear not. Faith answered. No one was there. Think about that for a moment. Fear not. Faith answered. No one was there. That's the way it is with fear. You see, there were many dangers that lurked in the dark valleys that the sheep must walk through. Uh, there were many predators. Lions, uh, bears, wolves, vultures, robbers, all waiting to attack them. And if the Lord is our shepherd, then what have we to fear? We can walk through any valley we face with confidence, knowing that our shepherd is leading us. Listen to this verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27 verse 1. Here's another one. Psalm 46 verse 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. What time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. I believe I've given you these verses uh, in your lesson sheet there. And then the last one, Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord's on my side. I will not fear. Now what can man do unto me? Good question. So, the confidence of the sheep... I will not fear no evil. And then next we see divine companionship. He says, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Lord, you're with me. I need not fear. The sheep has no reason to fear and has confidence because the shepherd is always present. And together they will walk through the valley in peace uh, as he leads them. There's an old song And I wonder, Janet, if you've ever heard this. And it expresses this truth. The song says, We shall walk through the valley in peace. We shall walk through the valley in peace. Since Jesus himself will be our leader, we shall walk through the valley in peace. And have you ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? No? Okay. I must be older than I realized then. There may be times when we, we feel that we're all alone. You ever felt like that? <clears throat> that no one cares? That we, that, that we must bear our burdens alone? 
that we will never get out of the valley. Well, we need to remember what the sheep said. He said, for thou art with me, and I need not fear. By the way, that's, uh, that is the Old Testament promise equivalent to the New Testament promise in Hebrews 13 and verse 5 that says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a wonderful promise that is. And then finally, we see divine comfort here. Divine comfort. He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Every shepherd carried some equipment uh, to protect the sheep and himself, to bring comfort to them, uh, when he was leading them through the valley of, of darkness. First of all, the shepherd's club. Now, the shepherd's club, or rod, was a symbol of authority. And it was, in essence, a, an extension of his right hand. It was about two feet long, and it was his main weapon of defense, both for himself and for his sheep. The rod is a symbol of the shepherd's defending power. He uses it to strike down the adversaries. He protects his sheep as they pass through the valley where wild animals roam and robbers hid in darkened caves. And uh, you know what? As a heavy club, it was used uh, in close combat to fight off any intruder which endangered the sheep and, and it was also... Uh, and was also thrown at wild beasts. You see here a little illustration of that. The rod brought comfort to the sheep. It symbolizes the word of God, which provides protection and comfort for us. God's word is true, it's authoritative, correcting, and it's the most powerful weapon dealing with sin and error. Psalm 119, verse 11. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid, in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. It's been mentioned before, but we need to remember this, that God's word will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from God's word. All right, and then the next piece of equipment we see is the staff, or, or the crook. Your staff comforts me, he says. And it was lighter, it was longer than the club, or the rod, and it had a curve or a crook at one end. It was a useful, versatile, and multi-purpose tool. Any of you have a multi-purpose tool? Anything like this? I would say that's a multi-purpose tool. It resembles a Leatherman, right? And boy, you can do, man, I don't know if there's anything I couldn't do with this thing. Well, that's what the crook was to the shepherd. It was a multi-purpose tool. For instance, the shepherd used it to, uh, to prod and to guide the careless and wayward sheep. He used it to restrain them from wandering. He used it to count his sheep. As they passed through into the sheepfold, he would tap them and count them. He used it to correct and chasten the sheep. He used it to retrieve them from holes that they had uh, fallen into uh, or from cliffs that they had fallen over. He used it to gently draw the sheep together or to catch an un 
in individual sheep and draw it near to himself for careful inspection. Now, what does the staff represent? It represents the tender guidance of the shepherd. It was also a symbol of the concern, the counsel, and the compassion that he had for his sheep. And you know, if, if the rod symbolizes the word of God, uh, then the staff is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comforts us, or confronts us, first of all. He confronts us. He also convicts us. And He challenges us. And He will change us. And He chastises us. And He also corrects us. And He comforts us. He comforts us. In John, um, look at a couple verses. John chapter 14. John 14 and verse 16. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. And you notice the word Comforter? Uh, It's capitalized. Is yours capitalized, Brother Diego? A counselor. Okay. A counselor. Comforter. Uh, Also in verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. And then then chapter 15 and verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. You know, sometimes when uh, we are disobedient, we do not. We don't always appreciate the staff of God's Holy Spirit correcting us. But it is a comfort to know that our that our Shepherd cares for us, and that He'll bring us back into Himself, even though He has to chasten us. We're told in Hebrews twelve and verse six, "For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth," and that means to discipline, to to instruct, to teach, to correct. And that's what the shepherd did with that staff of his, the crook. All right? So, both the rod and the staff provided protection and correction for the sheep, which in turn brought comfort to them. And as the sheep were comforted by the shepherd's presence and protection, so too was David comforted by the Lord's presence and protection in the dark valleys of his life. Well, it is a source of great comfort to know that we have the rod and the staff of our shepherd's word and his Holy Spirit to protect and to correct us. So as I close, um, I want to ask you a question. Who will go with you when you are walking through the valley, valleys of darkness? We're all going to have them. During the times of dark trials and tests, Well, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Shepherd, then you'll never have to walk alone. Amen? We'll never have to walk alone through those valleys. And you know what? We'll be able to say with confidence, uh, as David did, as the sheep said, the Lord is my Shepherd. I will fear no evil, 
for thou art with me. Amen. Amen. Father, bless your word tonight to our hearts. May it help us to, uh, to, to see our great shepherd and the care and the comfort uh, that uh, you are to us. We pray you bless uh, our prayer time now. And Lord, thank you for Jesus, our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.